Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards Betting Podcast. Apparently it doesn't do the intro automatically like I thought it would. Uh, so we'll just get straight into it. Um, we've had a nice uh, few months off. We did the draft pod. Um, I think we did quite well off. I can't particularly remember, but I'll say we did. Um, nice few months off since then. And uh, yeah, we've been enjoying the off season. Um, I'm joined today by Callum uh, at Callum JD Squires on Twitter and Liam underscore Liam Horsley on Twitter as well. How are you doing, guys? Well, good, man. Nice to be back. Thanks for having us. And it's, uh, yeah, very exciting. August is obviously a great time of the year as we start getting towards NFL season and just, uh, yeah, really can't wait for it to be going. It's nice to be back talking about it. Yeah, it's good to, good to be back. I'm looking forward to some uh, degenerate preseason bets this weekend and then uh, hopefully some real ones coming up very, very soon. Yeah, I uh, had my five five pound free bet from Skybet has gone on a uh, treble for the preseason. Um <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to talk a whole lot about that other than the fact that the the Ravens have won 20 in a row and covered the spread in 18 of them. Um, mm-hmm. But that seems to be built into everything now. So I am, I believe I'm off of them. I've probably gone for them knowing me. But uh, no, I've gone <laughs> Giants, Jags and Falcons all um, all to win in normal time. Falcons uh, over the Lions against the Hard Knocks team. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll put it together next week, I reckon. <laughs> But we'll see. Uh, to be fair, I'm off tomorrow. I'm off work tomorrow, so I might have a, a look on Game Pass to see what's on later tonight and uh, just bore myself to sleep this uh, <laughs> later. Um, but yes, um, so yeah, full 10 yards betting podcast. We're back. I'm going to do go around the compass over the next four weeks. We're starting with the North Divisions, East, South, West. Um, so today we've got AFC and NFC North. But before we do that, we have to mention the full 10 yard season guide, which pre-orders are available for another few days, I believe. Um, I think it's finishing quite soon. If you put the code FULL10 at checkout, you're going to be able to get 10% off of that. You can get a written guide or the uh, downloadable guide. Uh, there's betting bits in there. There is full team previews. There's rookie lookouts. There's there's everything. There's a tremendous amount of work. I know just from our betting side of it, which is quite a small bit we've all put in many hours each. So I know the amount of work that's gone into it. So it's well worth uh, pre-ordering if you can. Uh, and get the print copy. It's just nicer. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's the advertising done. Uh, we will go on to the AFC North. Uh, obviously, this is my division. The, the Super Bowl <laughs> runner-up came from this division last year. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think there's a fair chance one of them makes the championship game again this year. There's a very strong division. The Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals are all around 2-1 to one at the top of the, top of the um, pricing. And the Steelers are... A little bit of a transition year, but it's more of a soft reboot for them. They've picked up their rookie QB, who they might be starting this year. They might not. They might go with Kubisky, but um, they are firmly the fourth in the betting for the division. But it's the Steelers. Who knows? Uh, yeah, the Bengals took advantage of other teams' misfortunes last year. Uh, there was injuries all over the place. There was uh, things happening to the other teams, and the Bengals got an injury-free season and made the most of it. Uh, Joe Burrow dragging them through to... Uh, the division title for the first time in uh, since 2015. Uh, so, and they made their way to the to the Super Bowl in the end. Um, this year, I don't think it's going to be that easy for them. I, I say easy. I don't think it's going to happen again this year. Uh, the Ravens should be back nearly full strength. They've got a few worries for Week One. J.K. Dobbins should be back for it. He's off of PUP. Uh, Gus Edwards is probably out. They'll be hoping that the cornerbacks come back strong and their solid defense is 
back to where it was before. They've brought in a couple of running backs in, uh, in free agency and in the draft. Uh, Mike Davis and Tyler Baddy are back are in if they need to cover, which is more than they had last year. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of wide receiver, though, so t- tight end Mark Andrews will probably lead the team for them. Uh, Rashad, ba- Rash- Rashad, Rashad, Rashad Bateman will be the de facto wide receiver one for them. Uh, they have brought back uh, Calais Campbell and uh, brought in Kyle Fuller on the defense to strengthen that a bit more. Uh, so I, I think they'll be at the top. Personally, I think they'll be winning decision, uh, the division. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Ravens? Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. I think as as great as the uh, the Ravens' run was last last year, I think it was a bit of a put. As great as the Bengals' run was last year, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's me misspeaking immediately. Um, it was a bit of a perfect storm. So I think that it, it will be really hard for the Bengals to repeat that kind of heroics and, and go deep in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they were a playoff team again. I'd expect them to be a playoff team again with the additions they've made and the general strength of that roster. Um, but I do really think Lamar will be back with a vengeance. And that rushing attack coupled with Andrews, I think will be really hard to stop. You know, Harbaugh is such a good coach. And the Browns is the Browns, I guess, again, now that they've uh, kind of fallen back into doing silly things again, um, to put it politely and a little bit understated. And we can talk about all that in a second. But yeah, I I think it really is between the Ravens and the Bengals. And I I just think the Ravens have a little bit more depth. Yeah, I'm with you both on that. It's probably not great that we agree exactly on the the first division winner. But no, I'm with you on that. I think they're the most injured team in the last 15 years in terms of snaps missed and games missed last year. Uh, obviously, there is an extra game there, so that does contribute to it. But still, the percent-wise, it's still probably the worst we've seen in, in 15 years. And then this year, they've also got the 11th easiest schedule in the entire NFL, obviously, because of where they placed in the division last year. So, uh, yeah, I think easier schedule. You hope they don't get, if you're a Ravens fan, the same number of injuries. Uh, and then, for me, a pretty good off-season in terms of their additions uh, in the draft and free agency. So, yeah, I think they're the strongest team. Uh, with Bengals, probably a clear number two, just with what's happening over in Cleveland at the moment. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, yeah, it, there are seven to four is the best price for the Ravens at the moment, which is available at quite a few different bookies. So you should be able to find that if you fancy them. Um, yeah, my Bengals uh, have had a fairly decent offseason as well. They have strengthened the offensive line, which was the main weakness, which they managed to bundle through last year until the final. Um, and even then, they, the first half was great. They just couldn't put it together in the second half. And in the end, Aaron Donald smashed his way through as he does and ruined it for them. But they brought in uh, Ted Karras. Uh, Ted Karras? Karras? Uh, useless for name. Karras, uh, yeah. Uh, Leo Collins, uh, right tackle, who is off the NFI list, um, which is useful, given he's, uh, he's had a history of back issues. Uh, they're going to ease him in by the look of it. He's been around the team, and he's he's the one that all of us Bengals fans wanted in the offseason for right tackle when he became available. So... They should have the best offensive line they've had since Whitworth, and uh, Whitworth was there all those years ago, uh, which is brilliant. Um, it's going to be perfect for Joe Burrow. It'll be the best line that Joe Mixon's had to run behind. So the offense, in theory, should be better than it has been. The defense was really good last year, especially after halftime. They made some brilliant adjustments, and this year they have kept pretty much everyone. They've not really lost any players, which you have to think is a decent thing. Um, they are a very young roster. They were ahead of schedule last year, and I, as we've said, I do think it was a bit of everything coming together for them. But 
they they made their way there. They did what they needed to do. It wasn't perfect, but hopefully this year should be better. Um, so I think they will be up there challenging, but the schedule is horrible the second half. Um, the, the end six games of the schedule is terrible. So they need to get their winning done before that. And if they do make it to the playoffs, then they'll have truly earned it. And hopefully we can, uh, well, Bengals fans can look forward to another postseason. Uh, Liam, uh, what do you think about them? Yeah, I agree with you very much on the uh, offensive line. It's not star-studded cast of additions, is it? Apart from Lyle Collins, who's one of the best right tackles in the league. But it's average NFL players that have very good injury records, which is exactly what you want with, with a player yeah. like Joe Burrow. You don't want two players. You don't want three players on the line that are good and then two that are terrible because you just know exactly where the teams are going to target. And I think they did that last year with the interior. So I think the offense could be better. Um, they had a hell of a lot of after the catch yards last year between uh, Chase. Um, and Higgins, but uh, especially as a Chiefs fan, I remember the uh, the chase uh, yak yards, uh, unfortunately. But so I think the offense will probably be more efficient, but I don't think they'll be as high powered. Uh, and then the defense is where I'm concerned. I think last year, um, it was probably the strength of the team in the playoffs, to be honest. The defense was really, really good. I just worry can they continue that for, for a whole season, like you said, with how young they are. But uh, I think Dax Hill's a, a really good addition, so I hope that he can start straight away. Uh, and I just think for me, I think schedule being so hard. Um, like you said, teams maybe change how they play them, more too high structures like the Chiefs and Bills saw last season is probably likely. So uh, I just think the offense might struggle in comparison to how good it was in the second half of the season. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how the schedule looks out. But yeah, for me, I think they're a clear second team. And I just think schedule is probably one of the main reasons why they won't quite be able to get it done at top of the division. Yeah, it is. It is hideous, the, the final bit of it. Sorry, Callum. No, no, I was I was gonna echo you basically. That that six game run to end the season of Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, Patriots, Bills and Ravens. I mean, I think you can deal with the Patriots fairly easily, but the other five are all, you know, those are playoff games. Um yeah. and so it's yeah, it's gonna be really difficult. I, I I I'm really looking forward to seeing how that wide receiver core continues to grow. I mean, you know, Chase and Higgins are both so talented and Burrow's only going to get better. But it is going to be so hard. Like I said previously, I think last season there was a perfect storm element to it and everything came together at the right time. McPherson wasn't missing at all. And it just kind of worked to get the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Not undeservedly by any means, but it's really hard to repeat that kind of magic trick. So I, th I think it'll be unlikely that they'd go to the AFC Championship again. Um, and obviously we've already said that we fancy the Ravens to, to win the division. Uh, but I would be surprised if uh, the Bengals were not there or thereabouts, certainly in terms of the wild card race, despite the AFC being so stacked. Yeah, which is uh, a big improvement where they were a couple of years ago. And uh, obviously that's what you want from a fan is just being in, in contention regularly, uh, which is somewhere the Browns are trying to get to. Um, I am, I've been waiting for a year or two now to write a an article about the Browns experiment failing and i'm still holding off it because we just don't know what's going to happen but uh, it looks looks more than likely that Deshaun watson's at least missing six games uh the league are obviously pushing for a full year slash indefinite uh we will see what happens with that but rog has the final say on it so you'd imagine that's going to come to fruition but i think it's going to be a bit of a mess throughout he is apparently going to be playing um on saturday um at least the first quarter or first drive um, which is going to be interesting, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, even without him, if he, if he only misses six games, they're they're in contention as well. They have a really really soft start to the schedule, and they will probably just be a mainly run heavy team with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. 
Uh, Hunt obviously was moaning about his contract despite being one of the highest paid running backs as a backup uh, in the league. And he quickly got over himself there. Well, got told to go back to work and realized he didn't have a leg to stand on, essentially. Um, yeah, the Browns have one of the most stacked rosters in the league on defense and in the running back room. But wide receiver, they are really short. They are struggling there. They got Mari Cooper, who bought in, who actually looks like a bit of a bargain now with uh, some of the contracts that went around this summer. Um, the Cowboys probably should have kept him and could do with him. Um, but yeah, other than him, you're looking at um, second year. Is Anthony Schwartz and um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is third year, I think. Um, yeah. Looking at them to step up, which they could do. Uh, they paid David Njoku a lot of money. Um, on defense, they bought uh, bought back J- Jadavion Clowney uh, to go opposite Garrett. He never really gets the numbers, but he obviously does a job because he keeps getting contracts. So I think he does put under a lot of pressure and helps with the other side of the line. So Garrett should be back looking strong again this year. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously it all depends what happens with Watson. But for me, I think they are going to be around the 9-10 to 10 game mark for wins. Um, as I say, the schedule is very easy at the start, and they are a run-heavy team. So um, if they can keep players fit, then they shouldn't be terrible. They're going to be the Browns, basically. They, they I think they could fail to achieve what they should do. Yeah, I mean, the, I agree with you completely. The roster is is really talented. I think the roster is, is, is right there. And if you are somehow able to separate everything off the field, the quarterback they've brought in is a supreme quarterback talent as well. If everything else were to go away, not that it should in any way, but if it was to, the Browns would be contending for the division and potentially even a late playoff run in terms of the talent they have. What I will tell you is they will start 0-1 because there is no way that Baker Mayfield is going to lose that game in week one. (laughs) Not in a million years. Put your mortgage on the Panthers in week one. Don't responsibly, but do. Um, (laughs) Panthers week one, for sure. But then the next five games before Watson's potential return in week seven are the Jets, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Chargers, and then the Patriots. I think it's at minimum the Browns will be four and two, even with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I think there's a realistic chance. I think they'll end up four and two because I think the Chargers will beat them. Uh, But I think those other four games are eminently winnable for the Browns. Deshaun's return kind of kicks off a gauntlet for the Browns schedule-wise. They've not got an easy schedule either. Um, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks, Texans... But that game has relevancy in and of itself. Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, Steelers. So they they kind of get easier towards the end. Um, So if Watson can pick up some tough wins in the middle there, they they would have a chance to to kind of be in the playoff race themselves. But again, I think everything about this this Browns team is going to be looked at through the lens of the Deshaun Watson situation. And... Until there's any sort of clarity, like you said, Adam, I, I don't think you can really go near the Browns with much certainty uh, heading into the season just because Watson is that transcendent level of talent. But if he is getting an indefinite suspension, there's just no real way that I can throw any weight behind Jacoby Brissett long term. I am a Dolphins fan. I watched that. It was miserable. And you won't see me doing that again. There's, there's just no chance that Brissett is able to lead a team uh, to any sort of playoff relevancy, even a team with as good a roster as this this one has. I would like to say that when Watson is back, I do think David Njoku 
is really primed for a big breakout. Watson loves a big body tight end. He used guys that were not very useful in Houston and made them somewhat fantasy relevant. And that's saying something in and of itself. So I think Njoku will pay off for the Browns when Watson is back and targeting him. But at least initially, it's really hard to have any faith that the Browns are going to be there or thereabouts if, if, if Watson is suspended for the whole season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's difficult to do this, isn't it? Talking about this one team just because of where we're at at the moment. I know a ban is likely to be announced probably in the next week from what we're hearing at the moment. Um, so that kind of will reflect people's betting. I probably wouldn't advise people if you want to bet on any pro-Brown stuff to not do it really until you know more of that because the odds are probably going to get better for you because even if they appeal it, he's probably going to get more of a ban initially. So the odds are going to go in your favour there. So I wouldn't bet any pro-Brown stuff right now. I would wait. But if you're someone who wants to back against them, then this is the time. Because in my opinion, I think he'll play less than six games. That's my view. I know we don't want to get into too much of it, but I hope he doesn't ever play. But uh, I think just from reading everything, he will play less than, uh, let, sorry, be banned for more than six games. So I just think if you're on that mindset, this is just your only time to bet the Browns because the odds, like I said, are going to get worse for you. So I'm, I'm kind of on that that train. Um, if it's Brissett, um, I'm with you. I just don't think he's, he's good enough. Uh, the issue is the wide receivers as well. So... If you double cover Amari Cooper and you have a level, a player level of Jacoby Brissett as your QB, I just don't know where he's going to go with the ball. Um, uh, I know they're going to run it a lot and they've got a good offensive line, but I just don't think in that division and in that AFC, you're going to score enough points to win enough games with with Brissett there. Um, the defense is really good. It's really young. I think they'll be one of the best units in the NFL. But yeah, I think the offense could be uh, terrible if it's uh, if it's Brissett. And I'll just add as well, if when Watson does come back, I think he would have played for like nearly two years now in total. Mm. So even though I agree, that on the field, he is a top 10 quarterback. I just think that those first couple of games could be yeah. tough within themselves. Because even if he plays preseason, he does two drives in each game. He's going to be waiting then six to 12 weeks, best case for him yeah. to play. And then he has to play against a really good team pretty much instantly. So I just think it's going to be tough to, to do any sort of pro-Browns bets initially. But yeah, we'll see. Is yeah, Watson was... able to practice during, sorry, during the suspension? Is Watson able to practice? I don't, I don't think, think he can so. practice after week, so he can practice till the season starts, and then at the end, stop. when he's suspended, he can't practice. It's not just games. Yeah, not with the team. Yeah, but yeah. And just as an aside, this is not necessarily particularly relevant. I mean, you can cut this out if you like. But what <laughs> if if they do get an indefinite suspension? How do you come back from an indefinite suspension? Like, I'm not saying they should yeah. bring him back. But like if there's there's that's what I don't understand is that they they've been saying they want a year's too indefinite suspension, like a year is a very clear finite time, mm, but is, indefinite yeah. like how do you say okay well now you can come back if you think it's bad enough for an indefinite suspension surely you're basically forcing retirement on it. Yeah, I think usually they uh, the idea was it would be heard again next off season, and the reason they're thinking about indefinite is because there's one case left, so you could actually let the one case go to court, see what they say if it goes to court. And then you could do it again. Um, that that's kind of the thought process, I think, with the indefinite. But I don't know how, if you're him, how he tries to get back. I think you just have to almost you let the league make a decision, don't you? I know obviously Josh Gordon got yeah. second suspension initially, wasn't actually a game. They just said you're suspended indefinitely, and then he obviously did their program and tested negative for drugs enough time they let him back in. So I just do wonder if it'll be a case of they give him some sort of program that he has to hit, and they let the legal stuff pull out. Yeah, but it's hard to tell, can... isn't it? You don't know if you can test negative for not doing shady stuff <laughs> on the yeah. abusing other people. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah I, I have no idea, to be honest. I know two years is another one that they keep talking about, isn't it? But um, I, yeah, I don't so. want it to sound like I don't want him to be suspended. I absolutely do. I, I'm with you, Liam. It would be better if yeah. he never played ever again. But 
there was also an element of realism in it. Like yeah. indefinite doesn't really work, I don't think. But that's that's just me. So on to the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> who um, also who a team got, with no <laughs> Yeah, who who got rid of a QB who's been accused of various things in the past. Um yeah, they, this year they're probably gonna be starting Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I don't know if we're calling him Mitchell. Mitchell, I assume it's the full name again. I assume he wants to be known by that. Um, I I think there's a good chance they're playing all three QBs this year. Uh, Trubisky, Pickett, and uh, Mason Rudolph, apparently, has been smashing up camp, which I guess makes sense. He's been there the longest, um, so he should be the most acclimatized to the system, but it's Mason Rudolph. So either way, <laughs> it's not exactly positive for them. Um, they've got a weird schedule. It's kind of up and down all the way through. There's there's two or three tough games in a row, and then you get a bit of an easier one. So I think um, Mike Tomlin will do well to keep his winning record going with the team they've got together. But in fairness, they do have a fairly decent defense still, and they do have explosive players on the offense. They have Najee Harris, who had 340-odd touches last year um, for not much production because their offensive line was terrible, and they have not done a whole lot to address that this year. It's still pretty awful. Uh, Deontay Johnson was targeted frequently by Big Ben because he couldn't throw further than five yards down the field and Johnson was open. Um, this year, I, I don't know how that's going to work with him. I, th- I assume he'll still be open. Is whether they keep looking his way and solely his way. Uh, Chase Claypool obviously had a very good rookie year. He fell off a bit last year. But again, the QB play was dismal. It, it, it's, it's tough to describe as a Bengals fan without being biased how bad big ben was and i even said at the start of last year he shouldn't have been returning because even though they made the playoffs the year before he was awful and he showed it last year so in theory it's an upgrade at qb whoever they play but i just i just don't see them doing a whole lot this year uh they do obviously have tj watt who is uh well i i love tj watt it's, it's really bad it's it's a player that i shouldn't admit to liking but he's just he's just fantastic to watch um, him and uh, Highsmith, I think it is on the other end, who gets uh, really good reviews. And I know Steelers fans like him. They they do have a very good defensive front. Um, obviously, the secondary is pretty good with Minka there, even though I don't particularly rate him. But everyone else seems to. Um, <laughs> they 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 should win their fair amount of games still. But again, it's a very tough division and a very tough conference. So uh, I doubt that you guys are going to say anything different from what we've said so far um but i'll i'll open up the floor for you i've i've heard that all three quarterbacks have been terrible in camp so (laughs) (laughs) maybe it was just rudolph was the best of the terrible (laughs) i mean if mason rudolph is the best of the three then you're in real trouble because mason rudolph is yeah i i'm stunned that they're still giving him a chance to be honest with you i think we've seen what he is and it's not anything pleasant by any means um I, st- I still maintain that a man doesn't just take his helmet off and swing it at you without provocation. Um, there's something, there's something shady about Rudolph there. Um, I, I really like to, I, you know, this is unpopular, obviously sitting here next to a Bengals fan, but I really like the Steelers and I really like Mike Tomlin. Um, but I do agree with you that if ever there was a year that he shouldn't have kept his above 500 or 500 minimum record going, it was last year. And I kind of feel the same about this year. But if he could do it last year, then maybe he could do it this year. I mean, Trubisky was getting rave reviews backing up Josh Allen uh, in Buffalo last year. And I would love to see someone who, you know, went to, and we're going to talk about them, an organization in Chicago and had to kind of suffer through that. I would love to see him be able to turn himself into a player who has a, a good career in the NFL. I don't know that he necessarily has that ceiling. 
but I'd, I'd be hopeful that he'd be able to do something for the Steelers. I like what they did in the draft. I think George Pickens and Calvin Austin were really good wide receiver picks. And to be fair with the Steelers, they never miss on a wide receiver ever. So I have to feel good about the weapons. I really like Pat Fryermuth and I love Najee Harris. So the Steelers are in that weird situation where I feel like all the pieces are there except for the quarterback. And whether that is Trubisky or whether Kenny Pickett develops into that, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I tend to agree with you that I think we'll we'll definitely see more than one starting quarterback this year, I think. Um, you know, it's probably a fairly safe bet if you can find odds on over under Steelers QBs to start a game. Uh, but I, I I do think they're clearly the, the fourth team in this division, largely because of how talented the other three uh, QBs potentially are. Yeah, I agree. I think in other divisions, this team, minus the QB, obviously, um, I, I think this team's roster is going to be nowhere near the fourth in the division. Um, but in this such a strong division, it, they probably are looking at that with the O-line. And, and for me, I'm not as high on the corners either. Um, I know the safeties are obviously really, really good. Uh, and the linebackers are good this year as well because they are added Miles Jack as well from uh, Jacksonville, which is a really, really good signing for them. Uh, so I think that the middle of their defense is almost better, but I do worry a little bit about the corners. But like you guys said, the the QB battle, or <laughs> if we want to call it a battle, um, the QB issue is uh, more of a problem for me. And uh, many Steelers fans on Twitter have given me a stick for slating all three QBs. Uh, I've never really had a problem on Twitter with Steelers fans, but for some reason this offseason, when I share my uh, Mitch Trubisky and Pickett thoughts, uh, I'm getting a lot of abuse. But yeah, I don't think any of them are very good, to be honest. Um, I would start Mitch if I was them, because I'm not a very big Pickett believer. Um, but I agree. I think we could probably see three starting QBs potentially or three QBs that play a snap in a game at least um, for me, just because I think that they're going to be all over the place. And, and also just the last note is their strength of schedule is like the fourth worst. If you look at Vegas mm. over under wins, they've got the fourth hardest schedule out of anyone. Um, so for me, if you just look at the strength of schedule, a lot of that is because of the division, obviously. Um, and that level of QB play, are they going to score enough points? I think even with really, really good wide receivers, uh, they're probably not going to for me. Yeah, we've uh, we've got a Steelers fan watching by the look of it. It's, uh, he thinks that Kenny Pickett's going to have a better career than Lamar Jackson. Um, I guess if he takes him to a playoff win, then so far that's probably going to be a better, <laughs> career, a better career. So we'll see on that. Um, and Devin Bush being a bust uh, broke that guy's heart as well. And that, that was a weird one. It was a player that the Bengals were probably looking at as well, a linebacker. So kind of glad that uh, he didn't turn out well because it would have been gutting. And Callum, you mentioned the one trope that I hate more than anything is the Steelers can are the only team in the league who can possibly draft wide receivers. It's it's the one it's the one trope that annoys me more than anything else because they always get it right. They they don't know. There's so no, it doesn't matter. Let, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Um, so, um, have you guys got a best bet for the division as a whole? It can be player prop. It can be an overall kind of division bet uh yeah i've got so i've got two that i was thinking of um ravens under over is 9.5 at the moment but on bet 365 you can do 10.5 for six to, six to five odds so i would go over 10.5 um and then also uh one that i just really really like the odds for uh i quite like the uh, Najee harris most scrimmage yards at 12 to 1 as well which is 12 to 1 on like three different sites you can get it most places but uh, they're going to use him a lot. And um, I think this year, with a bit of a, a better offensive line, even though it's not very good, I think that there's a chance that he can uh, lead the, the league in scrimmage yards. Yeah, yeah he's, he's definitely going to get loaded up, isn't he? He's, he's definitely going to get the workload. So uh, there's a decent chance of that. 
I would be leaning uh, towards kind of over on Mark Andrews' usage, if that makes sense, in terms of touchdowns and yards. I think whatever the line is, I think there's a fairly safe bet he's going to lead them in all receiving categories. And uh, with the talent he has and the relationship that he's developed with Lamar, I'd be taking overs on those. And you may not get the best best odds on it, but in terms of a safe thing, I think betting Bengals, Ravens, any order for the top two in that division is, a, is about as safe as houses. Yeah, that was the one I had. Uh, nine to four on Skybet, that was. Um, when nine I to wrote four. the article, nine to four for the Bengals yeah. and Ravens in any order. Yeah. Yeah, I've already bet it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think Andrew's line is 950 as well for his receiving yeah. yards. So not even 1,000 yeah, in the ad. Like... What, 1,300 last year, was it, in the knee or something? 1,200, I think. Yeah, and he is, he is the main pass catcher for them. So I'd be, um, yeah, I did 950.5. Um, is five to six on Paddy Power uh, for Mark Andrews. So, yes, I fully agree with that one. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're done on AFC North. Um, obviously, high on Bengals, high on Ravens, and we'll see what happens there. The NFC North is a little bit more difficult to work out. Obviously, the Packers have won 13 games for the last three seasons. They are the favourites for the division again. But things have, um, things have been mixed up a little bit with Devontae Adams moving to the uh, to the Raiders, I, I do not know what's going to happen with the Packers. Frankly, is the story there? Excuse me. Um, it seems like they're going to rely more on the run game, and they do have a very good defense. So I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon will be a very solid one-two punch. Jones looks like he'll probably get a lot more in the passing game as well, uh, which means Dillon should, in theory, get more on the ground. Um, but we will see what happens with that one. Uh, Bobby Tonyan is there. Christian Watson's on PUP at the moment. Randall Cobb has had some issues. Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins. Alan Lazard <laughs> uh, it is Romeo Dubs has been getting a lot of hype from Rogers over the summer. It'll be interesting to see whether that pans out or whether it'll be another Jake Kumaro and uh, just kind of fade into nothingness once the season starts. But yeah, I, I just don't know really how to judge the NFC North. Um, specifically the Packers. What, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, I'm worried about the uh, the offensive line probably for the first time in mm. what feels like forever because Bakhtiari was missed most of the year, didn't even have a knee injury, obviously came back, um, trained a little bit, played in a couple of... Well, I don't think he played in the game, but he definitely came off and, and trained and was due to play and then all of a sudden the day before wasn't wasn't playing. Now apparently he's had another cleanup procedure, so he's not, he's not going to start the season potentially. And then Elton Jenkins, who came in from a left tackle he's also injured I think he's a bit more positive for week one but um for me I just I would really be worried with the lack of weapons and then two tackles potentially missing the start of the season uh, on how good the offense can be um at least in terms of efficiency it'll still be good because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers but um their offense was literally one of the most efficient in, in NFL history the last three seasons so uh, I just think that if their schedule falls wrong with the injuries and they don't get back in time towards the middle of the season, I think they could maybe start a little bit slower than we're used to. Uh, and I think Aaron Aaron Jones is probably in, if you're a fantasy player, I think he's probably in for ahead of a season. If you've got him in your team, I think you're going to do well because he's going to get ahead of a lot of touches, I think. Yeah, I like Jones. I like Dylan as well. I like both of them. Yeah. And I'll let, I'll let Adam go with AJ Dylan later on because I know he's got something <laughs> special to say on that. Um, I'm I'm kind of going to disagree here, which is, not, which is not a bad thing in that I remain pretty convinced by this Packers team in most facets of the game. I Largely that is because I remain completely unconvinced by everybody else in this division. <laughs> um, I th I, we'll talk about the Lions in a minute. I think they've got a real chance to jump up and be better. 
But with Kirk Cousins at the helm, there's not a chance that I'm going to ever believe in Minnesota usurping Green Bay. It just doesn't feel realistic in any way. Um, Aaron Rodgers is so good that he will make these wide receivers around him better. I don't think Alan Lazard is elite. I haven't seen enough of Christian Watson to know. Aaron's hyping up Romeo Dobbs, so maybe he's going to be a, a big weapon for them. Even Robert Tonyan, I don't necessarily think is an elite tight end, but with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, he always seems to find a way to be productive. So that that team goes as far as Rodgers will go, as far as I'm concerned. It's still going to be difficult for them to make a, a playoff push and to get Rodgers this second Super Bowl he clearly craves so much because I don't think they're as good as they were last year. But I don't think the loss of Devontae Adams and even these injuries that are nagging at them, I don't think it will damage them enough when you consider it's a brand new kind of coaching staff in Minnesota. I, I don't think I don't think they've been knocked down enough to fall off their perch in the NFC North. And I think this is Green Bay's division to continue to rule as far as I'm concerned. Is Adam still with us is the question. Potentially not. So why don't we carry on to uh, the Minnesota Vikings then? So Liam, the Vikings have had a, have had a, a bit of a turnaround in the franchise in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, Liam, how do, how do you see the Vikings going uh, this season? Yeah, obviously they've got a new coach now. Um, pass heavy, pass first coach. Long gone are the days of let's run it on second and twelve. Uh, that they used to do all the time with Alvin Cook. Um, so for me, I'm a little bit of a believer. I know you just mentioned that uh, you slandered my boy Kirk there. Uh, I'm a, Your boy? A, yeah, I'm a sneaky Kirk Cousins fan. Um, so I'm a very big believer in this offense. Uh, I, I love, obviously, we probably all love Justin Jefferson. I imagine everyone who probably listens to this podcast loves Justin Jefferson. Yep. Um, he's going to be used like Cooper Cup, if you believe what they say, uh, in and around the camp. Because obviously, um, Kevin O'Connell's coming from that Ram-style offense. So he's going to be used more in the slot, more kind of free releases at the line, which I think is going to be good. Obviously, Adam Thielen is just a touchdown machine, but the question is, will he stay healthy? And then Dalvin Cook, again, he's probably going to rack up a 1,000 rushing yards if if he can play enough games. So for me, as a bit of a Kirk fan, uh, I think the offense is going to be really, really good. I like the pass rush more than I've liked it previously. Obviously, got Zadarius Smith coming over from Green Bay. Um, so I think that will make a difference. Uh, but the secondary is horrendous. So I think they're going to have to score a hell of a lot of points for me. Uh, to win games, but I believe that they can do it because I think the offense is going to be, I don't know if I want to say top five unit, but I'll say top 10 unit in the uh, in the NFL. So yeah, I'm a Vikings believer. What about you? With a quarterback who's not a top 20 quarterback? Uh, we've had this debate before. I've got, top, <laughs> I got, I got, I got top 12 on my boy. I got top 12. Oh, that's, that's significantly too high for me. But no, I, I, I agree with you that I think the Vikings offense will be really good. I do think the defense is the problem here. Um, I, I love Jefferson. And I also, again, for the fantasy players out there, where Adam Thielen is going in drafts right now, I think is an absolute steal, considering that he just finds a way to be open in the end zone at all times. I'm not convinced by Irv Smith Jr. at tight end. I'm not convinced that he's necessarily the breakout candidate that I've seen some people say he is. I love Dalvin Cook and everything he brings to the game, but obviously health is an issue. Alexander Matteson has done well when he stepped in, and I think generally speaking, the Vikings are a good team. But again, I come back to the same stumbling block for me, which is I'm just not convinced that they're a great team with the current guy under center. I feel like if, if, if the Vikings schedule were 12 p.m. Central Time, you know, one one Eastern Time games <laughs> the whole way through, 
the Vikings would be a playoff team. And when you look at that roster and you look at the NFC, the Vikings should be a playoff team every single year. Yeah, they should. But they're not. And the fact that they didn't get in, you know, last year compared to that Eagles team, I, I just, I, until Kirk Cousins proves to me that he can win a big game when it matters, I, I, I really struggle to believe in him. It's, it's not, it's not meant to sound mean, but it's just the truth of the fact. And I just can't, I can't really sit here and say that I believe that Kirk Cousins can be the guy because I think we know what he is. I think he's, you know, maybe a slightly better but less attractive Jimmy Garoppolo. I just, you know, the the two of them for me are both in the same boat of you know what they are and they're never going to be able to do the big one for you. So I'm out on the Vikings. That answers the question I was going to ask then. Um, I was going to ask whether the Vikings can do it. So Kirk Cousins is basically Andy Dalton. Yes, yes, that's not that <laughs> modern day. Modern that's day Andy Dalton. He, he yeah. can do it in a regular season. He can put up numbers if everything's ideal around him. Uh, but when push comes to shove, you, you'd bound. Monday, <laughs> Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football. I will always take the other team. They've got yeah, the, prime time games as well this year as well. Yeah, <laughs> the, there's been um, a little bit of research that the RJ Bell podcast did on on that, and yeah, any kind of non one pm um, time slot was terrible for Kirk Cousins. He obviously likes his routine and. Apparently that hurts him really bad. I actually quite like Cousins as well, so you're uh, you're outnumbered on this one. But uh, maybe that was because I'm a Bengals fan and I was used to mediocrity with Andy Dalton. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think he is. He, he puts up the numbers. He does his job. I've seen projections this year where he's going to lead the league in passing. But uh, whether that gets them wins is a different thing. Uh, as as Liam said, the defense is not exactly um, overloaded with talent. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They should be. They should be a fun team to watch at least because they should put up points and can see points. So yeah. um, it might be worth looking for like most points involving that that team. I think there's markets up on Skybet now for similar things to that. Most points in games involving X team. So that could be a decent one to look at. Um, so third team in this one, I was struggling which to go with. I went with the Lions because they are the hype team of the offseason and that hype is only going to grow over coming weeks with Hard Knocks here. Um, and I quite like them. I liked them over over five and a half, over six. I'm not sure now they're up to a six and a half, seven-ish, whether I would still want to bet on that. But they had a load of one one score losses last year. They had, obviously, the Justin Tucker record-breaking field goal against them, which shouldn't even have happened. It should have been stopped way before that. Lamar Jackson pulled off some crazy throws, which should have been cut out. They had similar things like that. They drew with the Steelers and... It was it was a very weird year where things, if they fell a little bit differently, they could have won five, six, seven games. Um, so I think that's the hope for them this year is that that luck turns around a bit. I do like Dan Campbell. Uh, I think it's tough not to like Dan Campbell when you watch the clips from Hard Knocks and what he did last year. You could do like he he literally cried on the podium last year after losing a game, just just uh, lost with what to do with his team and. Uh, I, I like the team they've put together. They apparently have one of the best defensive lines in the league. I, I like it. I wouldn't rate it that high, but um, the defense is okay. It's struggling a bit in the secondary again. Jeff Gladney didn't... No, no, not Jeff Gladney. What was Jeff, Jeff Gladney, wasn't it? Jeff no, Akuda. Uh, yeah, he obviously has been injured quite a lot and hasn't hasn't had the chance to show up. And there's there's talk that he's just not done very well, frankly. So that that's a bit of a a bit of a kick in the teeth for them. Uh, but Amara St. Brown came on well last year. Jameson Williams should show up in the second half of the year this year. 
Um, Josh Reynolds, there was some ridiculous quote from um, Campbell about Josh Reynolds blowing him up this year. Um, DJ Chark, they paid him quite a lot for a one-year kind of test it year to see how he does. They've put together players around him, which is more more than can be said for the last team that we'll get to. Um, So I think they'll do okay. I was tempted by the 10 to 1 on them to win the division with the Packers stepping back and the Vikings. Obviously, we're not exactly over overly confident on them this year. I think it could be a 10 11 games wins the division in this one. Um, but I know full well I'm overhyping them. So, uh, <laughs> Liam, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I do agree with you on the um, the offense. The offense is actually really good. I'm, I'm kind of with you that it's probably not the best offensive line. I've heard people this week say it's the best offensive line. I, I don't think it is the best. That's come from a Chiefs fan who thinks theirs is better. But um, I think the I think their two tackles are extremely good. And I think in this division, when you've got some really, really good pass rush, um, especially not in the team we're going to talk about next, but the other two teams that have got good edge rushes at least, I think that their offensive line is going to be important. Um, I love Jameson Williams. We spoke about him in the draft pod. I wanted him as first wide receiver taken just because of my bias towards loving him. So I think that's a great pick. Um, St. Brown, I'm not sure will he get the same targets that he did last year. Maybe not. But I think as a second or third option on a team, that's just incredible if you look at the year he had last year. Um, so, yeah, I love the offense. Defense probably goes as far as Aiden Hutchinson takes them. Um, so if you think they're going to win loads of games, he's probably going to have to get loads of sacks. So he's a good bet for, for rookie of the year. Uh, I like Dan Campbell as well. He was calling someone a serpent the other day. I don't know if that was Josh Reynolds. That he was, that was Josh surf. Reynolds. Yeah, he that was one like... of the many things. He was a praying mantis. He was a, some <laughs> kind of spider, it, yeah. and then he was a serpent. Yeah, yeah. He called him a praying mantis, and then he paused and went like effing serpent. And I was just laughing, thinking that <laughs> like, this guy has a vibe. Um, so yeah, I like him too. Hard knocks is going to be good. Um, but yeah, will they win more than seven, six, seven games? I'm not sure. I think the secondary is pretty poor, like you said, but. Um, yeah, I hope the offense is good. Maybe we can see some more videos of Jared Goff and his girlfriend celebrating wins. That'd be quite fun. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while for him. I'm going to go against the green here. I don't like Dan Campbell. I love Dan Campbell. <laughs> the Lions are brilliant. I am so invested. It took 40 minutes of hard knocks, and I was I was there. Um, in, oh, in we, also... We've not had the chance to watch it yet. It's, oh, it's yeah. not out until tomorrow oh, on Game Pass. Well, and no, spoilers, no spoilers. No spoilers. Sat here very fortunately in, in, in the US. <laughs> it's a brilliant episode. It's brilliant from start to finish. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do, because it's it's so entertaining. I, I genuinely think there's a chance with the Lions schedule that they could finish second in this division. It would take my prediction about the Vikings to be completely accurate <laughs> and then to have a down year, which may or may not be realistic, but the Lions have put talent around Jared Goff in a similar way to what we were just talking about with the Steelers, where I feel like they have a lot of the pieces and they're not quite sure on the quarterback. And I don't think Jared Goff is going to be the long-term answer in Detroit, but I'm really happy for him getting a second chance. And, you know, hopefully he's able to have success with, with Detroit here this season. The way they start their season, in week one, they play the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are a better team than the Lions, but it's week one and crazy things happen. You know, the Jags beat the Colts in week one a couple of years ago that was, you know, a ridiculous result. And these, these things happen. Dan Campbell have them hyped for week one. As well. Exactly. Really so I, I don't think I don't think the line is Philadelphia minus four. I wouldn't mind Detroit plus four there. I think that's that's a, that's a decently safe bet. But let's go with me in my thought experiment. That's a winnable game. The Lions could win that game in the week one chaos. Week two they play Carson Wentz, so they can definitely win that game. <laughs> week three division game against the Lions. We know how I feel about Kirk Cousins, Mike, though it is Mike at twelve, so you never know. Week Kirk's going to get a dub C- there. Yeah, well, possibly. <laughs> week four, they play the Seahawks. 
with Geno yeah. Smith, a quarterback, allegedly. Aiden Hutchinson can eat him. And week five, they play Mac Jones and the Patriots, who I have zero belief in. There is a universe where the Lions start the season 5-0. and There really is. I firmly believe that. With Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Seahawks, Patriots, there is a, there is a universe where Dan Campbell works his magic and the Lions start the season 5-0. and Is it likely? No. Am I necessarily going to bet on it? No. But there is a way that that happens. I love Jamison Williams, just like you, Liam. I think he's fantastic. We haven't even said the name TJ Hawkinson yet, who is a fantastic yeah, receiving tight end. Jamal Williams, as you're going to see was, in Hard Knocks, I was going to say, I didn't, mention, I didn't mention the running backs at all. Yeah, well, I mean, Swift and Williams is a pretty good one-two punch, you know, mm. as far as as far as far league-wide goes. Uh, Williams is is electric as a player, and, and Swift is, is not my favorite in drafts based on where he's going. I think it's a little too early, but I do like him as a player in real-life circles. And again, that defense is only going to get better with the addition of Aiden Hutchinson. I really like the way the Lions are building their team. And I do think in a few years, if they stick with Campbell as they should, they will be able to challenge the Patriots. And Lord knows, once Rodgers eventually does leave, if it is the Jordan Love era, that division's <laughs> up for grabs. It really is. And the Lions might just be timing this perfectly so that as Rodgers is, is kind of nearing the exit door, they're starting to arrive. I, I agree with you, Adam. I don't know that I would feel confident enough to take an over six and a half, seven line for wins for the Lions. But based on the fact that I said they're going to be five and zero, oh, and they play the Bears <laughs> twice, it could well happen. You know, there there really is a chance where the Lions win kind of seven, eight, nine games this year if the team rallies around Campbell and Jared Goff plays like a number one overall pick from a few years ago should do. Goff yeah. or Cousins, sir? <laughs> I mean, neither. But if you had to pick as a Dolphins fan, who's got a QB worse than both? Oh, 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 oh. Let, let's leave that till the uh, till next week. For the, uh, wow. Okay. Um, have you seen the two very specifically put out fifty-five yard throws to Tyreek Hill? I, I uh, we, we, all, we all saw the one yesterday that uh, went nowhere near him and wobbled. No, his arm was play. clearly hit. His arm. Was yeah. Clearly, yeah. Blame the receiver. I think. No, I, I, <laughs> Goff and Cousins. I really don't think it's it's that big of a gap. I would lean Cousins, but I don't think it's actually anywhere near as big of a gap as the uh, the comments in this conversation suggest. And uh, we'll revisit that to a slander come come December. We'll revisit. We'll revisit that. Uh, yeah, the Lions are still ten to one for the division, um, and you can get Vikings and Lions sixteen to one if you fancy those mm-hmm. top two. If you think uh, the the Packers are going to fall off, uh, Packers and Lions is nine to two for uh, the top two in that division, which probably isn't. That terrible. Uh, as, as you say, like Dan Campbell's going to have them running through walls. So yeah. um, he, he's, and I think Dan Campbell was 20 to 1 uh, when I first wrote the article for Coach of the Year. I thought that was a decent bet. Um, but obviously, we'll get to those in a bit. Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about about the last team. Um, I feel sorry for Justin Fields, frankly, because the Bears have done him an incredible disservice by giving him absolutely nothing. Um, they've obviously got a new head coach and new GM there. And it looks like he's going to pretty much be left out in the cold because they don't have an offensive line. They don't have offensive players. They don't really have a, a defense if Roquan Smith and uh, Bobby Quinn hold out or don't or are traded. Um, they could be the first overall pick next year, frankly. Um, he's going to be running for his life. Uh, Darnell Mooney is quite good. Um, but him and Cole Komet is not an offense. Uh, and this week or the last two weeks, <laughs> pretty much everyone else at wide receiver who they did have, Byron Pringle and Keel Harry, both have gone down with injuries or have been banged up this week. 
so you're looking at Dante Pettis and players like that. It is, it is dismal for him. And frankly, I can't see anything other than fourth position. And I don't think you guys are going to be arguing with that. They are five to four to finish fourth in that division this year. They're five to four. Yeah, the the Lions are still favourites to finish bottom of that division. This is my second mortgage bet of the podcast. I mean, <laughs> that's, that, fair, that's yeah. I mean, I was going to say my best bet was Lions to have the number. Sorry, was Bears to have the number one overall pick next year. I didn't mm. know you could get plus money on on them to finish fourth. Yeah, I, I I do feel sorry for Fields a little bit. I mean, I'm not an Ohio State guy, so I also don't feel sorry for Fields. But it's one of those <laughs> things where the Bears are honestly a train wreck, top to bottom, left to right. And I, I, I really don't see a way that this, this roster can win more than three games. And three games might be generous. I think their over underline is about 4.5. I'd be all over the under there, to be honest with you. I think it's still higher than that, to be honest. I think yeah, it's they, higher um, than that. Yeah, it's, it's not reacted at all. Like they're, they're, There seems to be some kind of faith in there. Yeah. Six? I thought I saw six, yeah. I've got an alternative I mean, line I'll talk about later. but Yeah, I just I, I, there's nothing about this Bears team that gives me any confidence. You know, I, I, I good fresh start, new GM, new head coach, but they're definitely playing a patient game. And I think, if anything, they're very aware that they had an old defense and these guys have moved on. And now they're in a situation where they really don't have a lot around them. I mean, I, I would be astounded if the Bears were in any way competitive in a lot of their games. They have a hardest schedule, especially when you look at the division. And I just, there's nothing about the Bears for me that fills me with confidence. Yeah, I'm with you on the roster. I just think it's probably the worst offensive roster, I think, in the NFL, probably. Um, obviously, weapons are bad. But I think the offensive line, which was so bad last year, has kind of been forgotten about because everyone just keeps obviously making the jokes about their rookie receiver being like 35 years of age. <laughs> Darnell Mooney being their number one, Byron Pringle being number two. But if you look at the offensive line, it's almost more of a problem. I know they signed Riley Reef uh, to a deal. I don't know how good he was for the Bengals last year. I can't, all right. I know he's... He's injured, obviously, quite a lot, isn't he? Which is normally the, the problem for him. But, um, yeah, the rest of the line's pretty poor. Fields going to be running for his life. If you watched him in college, the problem with Fields is when he does have to run for his life and kind of not get to play in structure is when we can see the the interceptions and the fumbles and stuff. So I'd be worried about their, their offense. I think their defense is okay, but it's not going to matter in that division with how many points the other teams can put up. So I'm with you. I think that it's a... It's a pretty poor roster. I don't know what they're going to do with Fields long term. If you looked at this offseason, you'd say they want a different quarterback because new GM. But the other argument is maybe they're resetting financially this year to to go again because they've got a lot of cap space next year. So we'll see. But yeah, for me, the uh, the roster's pretty bad, and it's I don't think it's going to be a good year for Bears fans. And I think we still have to watch them at least four times on national TV games. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, not good. <laughs> yeah, the, the the odds are weird on Skybet. Um, they don't have the just regular win total up anymore but they do have under five and a half at six to five under four and a half at three to one but then weirdly bears to make the playoffs at three to one as well um so the same odds to make the playoffs as to have four wins uh so i guess they think they're going to be a very variable team uh and then worst regular season record 10 to one i'd imagine you'll be able to get better odds uh from a proper bookie but um that's the sky bet ones uh that i could find looking quickly um and yeah i don't think there's any argument from us that that's very, very possible this year for them. And obviously, they traded Ray Khalil Mack, who they gave up so much for all those years ago. It's, um, yeah, I, I do feel sorry for Justin Fields. Um, he had the potential to be exciting. He had that one big run against um, the 49ers, which everyone kind of paid attention to. And 
well, frankly, they beat the Bengals um, with Fields a quarterback, which was one of the weirder games of the year um, to watch as a Bengals fan. Um, and yeah, Riley Reef was all right, but as you say, he got injured. He was he was perfectly adequate before he got injured, so he will probably be the strongest piece of that offensive line. But that is an indictment of where they are as a team, frankly. Um, so I think we're on to best bets for this division. Um, I'll go with mine that Callum alluded to. Um, AJ Dillon over five and a half rushing touchdowns this year. You can get that five to six on red zone. It's four to five on Paddy Power and Skybet. As I say, I think there's going to be 20, well, I think 17 red zone touchdowns going that uh, Adams scored last year. I think it was around that number. There's going to be a lot of chances at the goal line. Aaron Jones, I believe, will get more passing work. He may well get the red zone stuff as well, but we don't know. I think they'll both go over six and a half. Uh, sorry, five and a half. They are both lined at five and a half, actually, if you do wish to take Aaron Jones as well. Just rushing touchdowns. Um, so it depends which one you want to take. Uh, but Dylan is a beast. He has quads as big as my waist. And he should be able to run through anything once he gets down there. So I think that that is probably my one of my favorite bets of the year. And it's probably going to be my only anti-post bet, frankly. So, yeah, that is one I'm very confident on. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, I in terms of value, I like Packers and Lions 1 and 2 as a potential kind of upset the apple cart. Dan Campbell's got momentum bet. And then, yeah, pretty much anything under on the Bears start to finish. I, I do like the idea of Bears' worst regular season record and, or Bears to pick number one overall in, in the draft next year. I, I just really struggle to see many teams out there that are in a worse situation. Uh, even when you talk about, you know, the, the Texans in Houston, I think Davis Mills has more around him than Justin Fields does in Chicago. So, um, yeah, I just, I just think the Bears are ripe to bet on them to have a miserable season. Yeah, I think Virgin had like 14 to 1, maybe, from to have the worst record. So, pretty good, pretty good odds. Uh, yeah, in terms of mine, um, we mentioned already the under 5.5 alternative line. That was one that I liked for the Bears. Um, but the ones I'll go with is obviously the Vikings to make the playoffs at 10 to 11, just because they're going to make the playoffs because Kirk Cousins is elite. So, there we go. <laughs> uh, just to annoy Callum. Um, but yeah, I also love Justin Fields' most interceptions. You can get it 9 to 1 in some bookies, and then there's 10 to 1. Uh, again, I think of Virgin, but it's a smaller stake, max stake. But yeah, on, on Sky and uh, Bet365, it's 9-1 to one for Fields to have the most interceptions in the NFL this year. Hmm. Yeah, as I say, he's going to be running for his life, so it makes sense. And uh, he doesn't have anyone to throw to. So maybe <laughs> it'll be, maybe we should be looking David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert overs rather than yeah, the negative maybe. of it. Maybe we should be going for the running game. Um, but... Montgomery, there's been talk of them splitting the load with those two as well. Is uh, it's it's going to be, yeah. I, I feel sorry for Bears fans this year, frankly. Um, but I'm a Bengals fan. I've had to deal with pain for <laughs> a while now, so unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, anything else for the podcast, guys? We've uh, we've gone a little longer than I wanted, but uh, it's all good. No, I, I just wanted to yeah, echo your last bit there about the, the two running backs on the Bears. I like them both. I do I do like both Herbert and Montgomery as players, and I think they've both got the potential to continue to have good careers in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, it's not going to be this year that's a good year for them. No. Yeah, no, nothing for me apart from uh, Packers as well. I think you can get like alternative 9.5 line, which is pretty good for a team that win 11 games every year. So that's a, that's a good line. But that's a 
you have to have a lot of money to get some money back. That. I mean, it's like five to eight, so not great odds. But that's it yeah, tying up that much for a whole year is uh, is not what I like to do personally. But um, yeah, unless it's AJ Dillon, that's it. Well, yeah, yeah. As, as I say, that that is probably my one for the year. I, I'm going to have another look around. Um, I do have a couple others that I quite like, which I'll speak to you guys in a minute about. But um, yeah, I, I think for the North teams, I think we are done. Um, just a reminder, go to full10yards.com forward slash guides to pre-order your draft guide, uh, for your season guide and use the code full10 for 10% off a discount. You can get the principal version, uh, digital only version, sorry, which is £5 or the print and digital, which is £15. And the last year, the physical copy was brilliant. I, I loved it. I know I'm invested in it, but it was a, it was well worth it. And profits from that will go into the British game. So they will help support uh, the game over this side of the pond. Um, so with that, I think I will say goodbye to Callum. Cheers. And goodbye to Liam. Cheers, guys. And in the words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>